Welcome to the Brian Kane Peak Performance Podcast. On each and every episode, Brian talks with coaches, athletes, and performers in all arenas who are putting into practice the principles of peak performance that will help you close the gap from where you are to where you want to be to help you become a master of the mental game and to help you start dominating the day. Brian Kane, your peak performance coach here. And with this podcast, we've got a very special guest, Lacey Waldrup. Lacey is the 2014 NCAA Softball National Player of the Year. She was Atlantic Coast Conference Pitcher of the Year in 2014 and 15. And she was a three-time All-American, 2013, 14, and 15, currently pitching in the NPF, the National Pro Fast Pitch Softball League, the Major League Baseball for softball for the Chicago Bandits. Lacey, so awesome to see you at camp, and thank you so much for joining us here. Yeah, thank you. It's so nice to be back. I haven't been back to school since the first football game of this season, so it's always fun to be around the coaches, learn from the coaches they bring into camp, and just teach softball. It's the best part about coming down to camp. That's awesome. And if you're a softball coach or you're a softball player, especially younger, not in college yet, the Florida State softball camp is phenomenal. It's my fifth year here, and some of the coaches that they bring in here, as you said, Lacey, are are just tremendous. Well, Lacey, we've got got people following, and they want to know your your story. Tell us your story from how you got into softball, how you chose to come to Florida State, kind of your career, because even though you were a three-time All-American, there's always a rough patch, right? And, And how you got through that and now where you are today. So take us back to where, how you started playing softball. Um, so I think the first time I ever remember anything about softball, I my parents got me this just black wooden bat for Christmas one year, and we used to just play in the yard, our front yard. My parents had never played sports really when mm. they were growing up, but they would just toss me the ball. We would play in the yard, and I think they realized that I really liked it and that I was pretty good, I mean, even though they just tossed me the ball. So started playing slow pitch first for two years, after that, I couldn't wait to play fast pitch. I was playing 10 and under slow pitch still and remember um, seeing a 10 and under fast pitch and not realizing that I could have played. And I was like, Mom, why, why aren't I already playing fast oh, yeah. pitch? So it was really nice to get started in that. And my first practice I ever went to, they just saw that I was tall, had long arms and legs, and were like, hey, we should make you a pitcher. And so from there, started pitching, went to a pitching coach who was um, a family friend of mine, actually, mm-hmm. Rita Lynn Gilman. And it just worked from there from the time I was 11 until now. Been pitching, loved it, um, played in high school. I got recruited a little later, I think, than especially that the girls are yeah. getting recruited now. I committed my junior year right around Christmas. And from then, I always knew that I wanted to go to a big Division One school, just learn and get better. Um, and I came in with kind of that expectation. Like, I wanted to be really good, but I didn't know how much hard work it was going to mm-hmm. take because, you know, I'd never lifted before going to school. I'd pitched in um, high-level travel ball, but, I mean, nothing is the same as once you get to college and you see that everyone works super hard. Everyone's just as talented and you are, and you have to do something different to separate yourself. And so, luckily, I had Coach Alameda working with me, and she's the one that kind of broke me out of my shell, I would say, because I did not have the confidence coming into my freshman year to be as good as I wanted to be because we changed my motion a little bit and I was far from home about 11 hours. So that took me some time to really grasp and get used to. And I had to just develop that way. And it wasn't really 
until probably mid-season of my sophomore year that I really started to understand the mental side of pitching, trust my pitches, and that's when I really started to become an elite-level pitcher. And it took the push from Coach Alameda working with you, working at camps, and a lot of the process of just trusting myself, trusting my training, and being able to use that on the field when I was playing. So you mentioned the word trust a lot, Lacey, and that's obviously a very important part of your mental game. What would you say is your mental game in the circle? I'd say, and you know, this has constantly changed. I'm still working on it today. My senior year, I had a little bit of lapse in confidence, but I think my mentality is always to go on the mound in attack mode. So I want to get ahead. I want to throw strikes. I'm always going to change speeds and look to throw off the batter, but first I have to get ahead. If I don't do that, then I'm putting myself in a disadvantage. So I'm just going out there thinking, all right, I'm better than you. Like, you're not going to hit this pitch. I don't care if I throw it down the middle. I'm going to beat you on this. And so when you have that mentality, it makes it a lot easier to execute your pitches. So you talk about confidence, and it sounds like times in your career, you, you, there were times where you were confident, maybe times where you weren't so confident. Mm-hmm. Let's go back to the, to the monster year that you had in 2014, National Player of the Year, lead your team to the College World Series. Did you have more confidence that year, or did you pitch better? What was different between that year and maybe other ones, you think? I think I absolutely had more confidence. Like I said, it was about the middle of my sophomore season that I really started to understand the confidence side of things and stop having that fear of going out on the mound like, oh, I'm letting my team down, or I'm not pitching as well as I should be. I just knew I had to go out there and win. So Mm -hmm. before that, I looked at the numbers, was like, oh, my ERA is too high. I'm giving up too many hits to people who shouldn't be getting hits. And Coach really talked to me about, you know, anyone can go out there on any given day and beat you. Mm-hmm. You just have to know whether they're getting hits or whether they're not. Like, you need to win this game. Mm-hmm. And so once I started focusing on that and having that mentality that I'm going to put my team in the best position to win every single game, then I started to excel, and I took a lot of pressure off myself. I just kind of was free out there pitching and didn't have any cares, really, because all I was thinking about was this one pitch mm-hmm. I'm going to do everything I can and I'm prepared to do that because I've trained for that and I'm ready for it and just having that mentality always focusing on winning rather than strikeouts or anything like that really put me at that level to where I was always competing at an extremely high level and always mentally focused. You talk about the mental focus and focusing on winning, which the winning of the outcome of going one pitch at a time. Mm-hmm. Talk, if you would, for, for the listeners. And if you're a young softball player listening to this, I think it's amazing how, how Lacey's talking about that she was the best player in the country in 2014 and, and wasn't always confident. You know, that confidence is not an absolute. It's not that you have it or you don't. It's a sliding scale. And sometimes you have more confidence than others. Um, but but being able to break the game down to what you can control and you can manage and go one pitch at a time helps you to perform on the days where you do or you don't have confidence. Talk, if you would, Lacey, about how you would go one pitch at a time. So a lot of that I'm able to do it because of my breathing and my routine that I go through on the mound. So um, we developed one. What I go through is I'll get the ball back from the catcher, turn around, take a deep breath, looking usually out at the 200, in, at FSU it would be the 220 in center field. And Coach and I had drawn a little R in the second two of the 220 that stood for refocus. And it's probably washed off. You can't see it now because that was my junior, maybe sophomore year that we did that. But I, in my mind, know it's there. So that's my first thing to breathe, check the R, all right, refocus. Come to the mound, spin the ball a little bit, get the sign, step on the mound, 
And then again, we drew a little R in the uh, top right-hand corner of the plate. And I'll check down, look at that little R, say it to myself, breathe, and then go into my pitch. So that's kind of the routine that helps me calm myself and say, all right, it's time to refocus for the next pitch and not worry about what just happened. Awesome. And since we're live on Periscope here, Lacey, would you actually show us that routine? Would you step up there yeah. and show us what that would look like? They're fantastic. So now for the people that are getting this asked. People getting this on the podcast, you, uh, you're you going to have to kind of see what we see here. But again, if you're watching the podcast on this, this video will live in the Brian Kane inner circle at briankane.com slash inner circle. So you can see Lacey's pre-pitch routine. So Lacey, let's imagine here I just threw you back. Doom, you just got the ball back from the catcher. Here we go. Okay. So now I'd be looking at 220. Look at the R, refocus, breathe. I'd get the sign over here. Might even take an extra breath just depending on what just happened. Step on the mound, look at the refocus, put the ball in my glove, take the sign. I probably already said that, but right now is actually the time that I'm getting the sign. Look at it, breathe again, spin, and then go through my pitch. Okay, so you, earlier you said that you drew an R in the center field wall and then one on the plate. Did you actually mean the rubber, the pitcher's rubber? The rubber, yes. Okay, perfect. The, I was going to say, okay, because you looked down at the rubber, I was thinking you were going to look at the plate. Okay, oh, fantastic. Rubber. Now, what happens if, let's say, you get in a red light? Mm -hmm. You make a bad pitch or umpire makes a bad call or you just feel like you have some red light energy. What are First question is, how did you recognize when you'd have red light energy? Usually, I'd start going really fast. So I'd start working way faster than I needed to on the mound and just going pitch, catch, pitch, catch. And I wouldn't really talk to my defense. I wouldn't breathe. So one thing that helps me to kind of get out of that go-too-fast mentality is I'll get the ball back. I'll talk to my um, infield. I'll be like, all right, I'm going to get you a ground ball. Here we go. I'm going right at them. Just little keywords like that so they know that I'm still focusing on this pitch. And then it takes my mind kind of off of what just happened and then into the present of, okay, now it's time to attack. So I do that maybe take a little bit deeper breath when I'm looking out to center field, but still go through the same routine. Excellent. And then what would you do uh, if you would show, show us the, show us your red light release. So show us, show us what it would look like. So for the people following, they can see what that actually looks like. Okay. So coming around. All right. Going to get you a ground ball. Here we go, Maddie. Maddie was our shortstop yep. for four years. So she's who I would talk to. Take that extra deep breath, shoulders up, shoulders down, and then come back to the mound with kind of a new focus. Excellent. So the release is really the, the talking to the person next to you in the big deep breath on the center field wall. Yes. Fabulous. We're back around here. Lacey's going to come and join us again. And we'll open this up for, for uh, any questions that you guys have as they come in. I'll catch them. I'll write them down. We'll ask Lacey Waldrip your uh, 2014 National Softball Player of the Year. And yeah, we got a question here from an LSU fan. It says, get her an LSU Tigers shirt. <laughs> LSU's got a pretty stacked pitching staff. They would benefit from having Lacey as well. Lacey, if you would, talk a little bit about what, what uh, do you know now that you wish you knew if you could go back to your freshman year and talk to that Lacey Waldrop, what would you say to her? I think Any questions, bring them this way. I think just do trust yourself early because that was my biggest thing. I didn't trust myself, even though I was training just as hard. When I came in as a freshman, although I was new to pitching every day at practice, practicing every day and mm -hmm. lifting every day, although that was new, I was still working hard. And then if I would have known then that that hard work would pay off instead of questioning, like, am I doing enough? Then I think that would have been much easier. So just mm -hmm. it's all about trust. And that's, that's hard to develop.
No doubt. Definitely, definitely takes time. And I think sometimes for athletes, it takes it, it takes a little bit of results, too, sometimes mm-hmm. to trust their work that they're doing, you know, because if you're always putting in this work and you're not getting the result, sometimes you go, well, am I doing the right things, you know, and it's a, it's a rare athlete that can believe that they're doing the right things without seeing the, the result. And as someone who's going to be public speaking and coaching, here's an analogy that I heard uh, from an athlete at Yale University not so long ago I thought was great. And, he, and we're standing there and he says, hey, Brian, look at the moon. I looked up and it was during the day and you could see like a sliver of the moon, right? And I said, okay, I see it. He goes, you know, sometimes the moon is full moon and sometimes the moon is half moon and sometimes there's a sliver moon like this and sometimes you see the moon in the day and sometimes you see it at night and sometimes you don't see it in the day and sometimes you don't see it at night. He goes, but the full moon is always there. You just can't see it. And he, and he said, that's like, what, he goes, that's what he was, a, he was a, a kicker. And he said, that's what it's like for me. He goes, sometimes I don't feel that good, but I can still, I still have to be able to see that it's inside of me. Mm-hmm. And I thought that uh, the moon is always there, you know, and that confidence is always there. The ability is always there. You sometimes have to trust that it's there without seeing the results. So there's a nugget for you to take home. I thought that was, I like that. was pretty good. But so Lace, we talked about what you would say to yourself if you could go back. Um, what would you say? Let me, let me say, if I were to ask you the... The best purchase that you've ever made under $100, it's had the most impact on your life, a purchase under $100, new every podcast question we've got here, what would that purchase be? Gosh, that's a hard one. I bought myself. Or somebody else, or it could have been a gift that you were given mm-hmm. that you think was under $100, something that the, the purchase you made or a gift given to you under $100 that has had the most, the most impact on your life. I think this might not just be one thing, but... I would say books in general because I feel like you can learn so much from them. It doesn't have to be about the mental game, but I really enjoy books that are nonfiction that are telling you like how people who are successful got to where they are. And I'm reading one right now called Big Magic, and it's about creativity and like the creative process and just how ideas come about. And I've read plenty before about sports, softball, about other major league pitchers. I've read their books and. Just the knowledge you gain from learning about other people's experience, That's I think, awesome. is pretty cool. It's amazing. I'd say that I'd say that seventy-five percent of the answers that people give on that are books. Victoria Hayward, who you know, who's mm-hmm. here, she said it was a Fitbit, <clears throat> and I thought I never thought about that. Or I've heard that, but most people say books. That's pretty cool. Uh, best advice. One of our questions that came through. Best advice you've ever been given. Hmm. I. This is so silly. Like it all still goes with trust. I think from Coach Alameda just to trust every pitch and she calls the pitches for us in college so I think one thing that also really got me to that next level was being able to have her call a pitch and realizing that's not what I wanted to throw at the moment because I already knew all right I can throw this pitch and she would be like okay so shake me off like don't be scared to do that and that was one thing I was scared to do my freshman year I would just throw it instead of believing in it so I think that was the advice to always believe in every pitch that you're throwing. And if you don't, then don't throw it. Throw something else. I think as far as pitching goes, that's really good advice. Let's shift gears from pitching kind of into life because now you're, not only are you playing professional softball, but you're also working uh, as, a, as a sports personality now for, for Fox. Would you talk a little bit about your role there? I'm actually, um, I work in media production at um, Fox Sports Southeast in Atlanta. And what I'm doing is I'm cutting and editing a lot of different features for the show ACC All Access. So we just talk about Olympic sports within the ACC, football in the ACC. And so um, it's something totally different. I had never done it before, before I got the internship. And 
what I like about it so far, obviously it's really fun. It revolves around sports, but it was something I went into and had no idea about it. It was a foreign language when I was learning mm. it. So it was something uncomfortable. And when I went into it, I knew that. And then within, you know, a couple weeks, a month or so, I started to understand it, knew how to do it, and then became good at it and still getting better and have gotten op other opportunities in editing because of it and am about to start something else that's new and a little bit uncomfortable. But I think that's something really important in life is to not take the easy way just because you know you can do it or you'd be comfortable doing it. Always try to find things that make you uncomfortable because that's how you're going to grow by doing those new things that you've never done before. Well, that's awesome. And some of that you probably have learned through athletics that have helped you now in your professional career. Absolutely. So, I mean, in work life, it's pretty much the same as being an athlete. You have to work hard in order to get the results that you want to. And in life, anything is like that. Nothing is going to be handed to you on a silver platter. And who knows, if it is, are you going to have that same sense of like, oh, I really worked hard for this. And, you you know, I feel like if something's just given to you, you don't appreciate it. So I think that's something that's important just to learn to work hard and athletics will teach you to work hard in anything because you know what it takes and you know that as soon as you work hard and you do everything you need to to get to that point that like you can trust that you're going to be good at it whatever it is it's awesome i heard a wise man one time say he said the value with the value that you hold for something is in direct relation or direct proportion to the effort with which you had to give to get it. Mm -hmm. So speaking about that effort and, and, and having the success and having to give so much of yourself to get something, the question was, what's Lacey's favorite athletic moment? Oh, gosh. My favorite athletic moment. It doesn't have to deal with me, right? I mean, of course, no, of course not. <laughs> this, is the same, this is the same player that one of my favorite quotes all the time, Lacey, as you think about the answer to this was, you know, your, your junior year, you and your classmate, Maddie O'Brien, were both up for National Player of the Year, both, I think, finalists for that. And uh, I remember remember you saying, you know, as you got, you're like, geez, even, even to the moment when they announced that I won it, I still thought that Maddie should have got it. I still thought she was going to get it. You know, I just think it shows the great, the great teammate you are and, and how much, you know, you, you actually love your teammates and value your teammates. So your favorite athletic moment, what was it? Um, doesn't this, have to be about you. Right. It's, it's definitely um, my junior year. So that magical year that we went to the World Series, Courtney Sienis hitting the walk-off mm -hmm. home run to win against Michigan and send us to the World Series. And Courtney is one of my favorite people that I've ever met, and she is so humble, so kind, so hardworking. And that season, she just put in so much effort. It was her senior year. She'd been here. She'd been working towards that moment for, I mean, four years, her whole life. And, you know, she was in the box at the right moment, and she had worked for it, and it all came to fruition right there. And that was just something really exciting to see her jumping around, excited that she hit it, and we're all dogpiling at home plate. It's just something that you don't forget and took us to an amazing level and set we set new program records that year, and we hadn't been to the World Series before that in, I think, 10 years. So it just, you know, Courtney's moment helped to put us back on top and back in the top of college softball. It's awesome. Well, let's go back to that Super Regional because, it, again, the, there, the degree to which you experience success is to the degree to which you've had to overcome adversity, right? Mm -hmm. So you played Michigan. They come in here after I was actually in the dugout with Arizona State softball, and in Arizona State, I remember uh, Amber Freeman comes up with a runner on second base, and Arizona State's down by one and just tattoos a ball to center field. We think it's a game-winning home run mm -hmm. to set up Florida State going to Arizona State for a Super Regional, mm -hmm. and then in the Michigan center fielder catches it, brings it back in. I remember that. Oh, my God. And you just you talk about just being in a state of shock with that Arizona State team. 
And then the next week, Michigan now comes to Florida State for Super Regional. So you guys are thinking that we're not supposed to hope a super, host a Super Regional. We're the lower seed. So you're hosting a Super Regional. Michigan's coming in here. What happened in game one? They kicked our butts in game one. I don't know. Still looking back, it was just everything that could have went wrong went wrong. None of us were throwing well. Was it 14 uh, to 1? Do you remember I the final? I think it was 17 to 3. 17 was, to 3, game one. It was one. really bad. But the thing was that even though we were getting beat like that, like I didn't see any fear in mm. anyone's eyes. And you could see that by how everyone held themselves even during that game and after that game. Like maybe during it, we're like, man, this this really sucks. Yeah. But um, afterwards, I think I even remember Bree saying to Michelle Smith and Pam Ward, who are here um, broadcasting our regional, she was like, hey, be ready for a long day tomorrow because we're playing two games and we're going to Oklahoma City. And that, just to hear a senior who's been here for so long has put a lot into the program to say that, you're like, all right, everyone on the field with me wants this just as bad as I do and we are not going home without going to the World Series. Like, it's just, it's going to happen. So... No one had the fear that, oh, man, we lost so bad in game one. We can't beat them. Like, we didn't think that at all. We were like, all right, we, we can do this. So you, you're the starting pitcher in game one. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how, how long you pitched in that game. Uh, but I think it might have been, like, three innings. Yes. It wasn't very long. No, it, probably your shortest outing of the year, right, and on the biggest stage in the Super Regional. Mm-hmm. And then you come back the next day and pitch both games. Yes. And beat Michigan twice to go to the College Road Series. Yep. So take take us through for the pitchers listening to this and the athletes listening to this that you have to get off the canvas and you have to come back out there and fight for your teammates. Mm-hmm. It's on national TV. You have the worst game of your of your season, maybe your career, and you got to come back and play the two biggest games of mm-hmm. your life to go to the College Road Series. How do you one flush that first game and two come back with a renewed focus for the next day? It definitely took a little bit of time. Thankfully, we had that night, and, you know, to kind of get over it, we were coming back tomorrow to play the next two games. Um, But something Coach Alameda texted me that night after it happened was something that really spoke to me. She was like, Lacey, I need you to do something for me. You need to look at yourself in the mirror and see what I see. See this great pitcher who has taken us to this spot that we're in right now and see all the things that you've done and just know how good you are and know that you're going to be the one in the circle taking us to the World Series tomorrow. And that that spoke to me. That was like, all right, my coach believes in me. Why don't, like, there's no way I can't believe in myself right now because she's putting the trust in me to help take us to that next level, no matter what just happened yesterday. Mm. So just knowing I had that trust from my coach and, again, my teammates that knew we were not going to lose either just allowed me to be able to refocus for the next day and just kind of go out there with a new mentality. And I had seen their batters at that point. So even though they had hit really well off of me, I knew what pitches they hit well and knew that I needed to change it up a little more. Mm -hmm. And I think – I don't know if I've ever thrown that many change-ups in a game. The next day, we threw so many change-ups to keep them off balance. And it's just, you know, you change the game plan up after you play a team one time and didn't have success. And that's what we did. And we went out there with a we're going to kick butt mentality, and we did it. And an exact living proof of what we talk about with the winners and learners mentality right you go out there in game one don't perform the way you want to learn from it make adjustments come back and punch your ticket to go to the college world series mm-hmm. Lacey, thank you so much for joining us here for the people that are following if you i know you're a fan of Lacey waldrup if you want to follow her her twitter handle is at l waldrup underscore 13 that's at l 
W-A-L-D-R-O-P underscore 13. Same for Instagram. And if you want to follow up with a question for Lacey directly, you want to have her come and speak at your school. If you're a high school uh, principal or teacher and you want to bring in uh, an athlete to speak to your student body about success, phenomenal message coming out of Lacey. Her email directly is lwaldrup13 at yahoo.com. It's L-W-A-L-D-R-O-P 13 at yahoo.com. Thank you for following, Lacey. Thanks for coming on. You're the best. Dominate the day. Today's podcast is sponsored by Potential Apparel. Potential Apparel is on a mission to inspire athletes to reach their true potential. If you're serious about reaching yours, then you have to go check them out. They make awesome clothing for dedicated and committed athletes. I'm a huge supporter of what they're doing, and that's why I wear their clothing with pride. Make a statement and join the movement today at PotentialApparel.com. Be sure you use promo code Brian Kane with a space between Brian and Kane for 15% off on your first order. Dominate the day with Potential Apparel. Thanks for listening to the Brian Kane Peak Performance Podcast. Please make sure that you visit BrianKane.com. That's B-R-I-A-N-C-A-I-N.com. And sign up for my Monday message, where every Monday I deliver straight to your inbox videos, interviews, articles, tips, techniques, and strategies that you can use to master the mental game. You can also contact me through my website on our Contact Us page and see my calendar of where I'm going to be in the country and when I'm coming to your area so that we can get together and that we can continue to go out there and dominate the day. This is a production of Corn Belt Sports. The Brian Kane Peak Performance Podcast is part of the Top Coach Network.